Welcome to show 53 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today's episode is with Elizabeth, and we are talking about her cloth diaper story and diapering her special needs son. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a somewhat regular show dedicated to sharing cloth diaper stories from parents, brands, retailers, and more from around the world. My name is Bailey. I'm the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast, a mom of two, and I live in Northern British Columbia, BC. I've written a book on cloth diapering, and I love just creating safe spaces that we can talk about all the wide array of different cloth diaper journeys. Elizabeth slid into my DMs to talk about her cloth diaper journey a couple years ago now, and we finally got together this July and we sat down and recorded her story. Elizabeth is going to share parts about cloth diapering her special needs son that were maybe a little challenging. I think that this show, though, would work for anybody who is just curious about cloth diapering for a little bit longer in life, who is worried about maybe cloth diapering a larger child, and just wants to hear another perspective, a fresh take on that cloth diaper journey. As always, cloth diaper show notes, so the cloth diaper podcast is available in a show note form, so you can go to www podcast slash show dash 53 and you will find the notes for today's show if you want to be on the cloth paper podcast i'm starting to plan things for october and november december january february march april Hey, I'm also going to let you know that Humbird is back in business. What do I mean by back in business? I mean, like everybody, we took a bit of a summer vacation. And this month, October, from October 1st through 7th, you can pre-order the Humbird wool collection. So that means you have a chance to order some wool pants, wool diaper covers, whatever kind of wool needs you need. In September, Humbird pre-orders sold out within a day. So while this episode is coming out October 5th, it might be sold out already. Check out humber.eu on the first of every month from the first to the seventh and you can get your pre-order in humber has been a longtime sponsor of the cloth diaper podcast and i'm so grateful for her continued support of the show if you want to learn more about humber diapers you can also check out last year's show here on the cloth diaper podcast all right on today's episode so your name's elizabeth where are you at where are you in the world I am in Western New York State, so actually a little bit between Rochester and Buffalo. We're way over there. Oh, okay. So you're on the other side of the country, or, well, continent, and I am since we're in different countries. Um, (laughs) And you've joined me today because we're going to talk about your cloth diapering experience because it's a little bit different than I would say most, uh, not most, less that, like it's different. Um, did you always start out cloth diapering or is cloth diapering something you discovered later on in life? Tell me a little bit about your journey and where you are today. Well, um, we've always cloth diapered, uh, started okay. with my son. Uh, when he was born, I was uh, researching, oh, I probably Googled something like, what are the best diapers? And, you know, was just looking through and stumbled upon cloth and, well, <laughs> um, originally started with uh, snap-in insert diapers with a cover yeah. and then wound up, by the time I had my my daughter, uh, with flats and covers. And that's why I was in the flats and uh, hand-washing challenge because oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what you do. And so today you have, you said you have a five-year-old that you're still diapering. Um, yep. because because of communication and just his needs as a as a little person mm-hmm. yeah and how what have what's that look like what are your challenges there 
Oh, what is that whole process? I don't even know where to start. So where do you That's start? Quite all right. Um, yep. I have a five-year-old uh, little boy who has autism spectrum disorder, and he was diagnosed at three years, one month, and one day. That's not the sort of thing you ever forget. Uh, <laughs> and I have a daughter who is one years old. Mm -hmm. uh, they're both cloth diapered. Um, she full-time, and he's partially. Um and that is mostly because he, well, when COVID is not an issue, uh, goes to school. Mm -hmm. And um, with school, some of them have issues with um, using cloth diapers. So they, they tend to like the disposable route. So um, we at least do part-time, which is uh, certainly always helpful, even if you do part-time. Yeah, part-time is a great choice to do, right? Do you yep. expect yourself to be in uh, cloth diapers for a long period of time? Well, at least the next two years with Alice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, with my son, I'm not sure we're, we're always working on potty training. And I certainly hope that uh, one day he will be fully potty trained. Um, and we'll see where, where that goes. For now, um, with him, we're using uh, Nikki's trainers, um, which are kind of, you know, they're, they're training pants. It's kind of like a, an all-in-one thing that you, you pull up and pull down and whatnot, and they work well. And their age range, or their weight range goes to about 45 pounds. Yeah. Uh, but then there's the question of, all right, what if he's over 45 pounds? Yeah. Then, you yeah, know, and, and if you look at cloth diaper covers and, and things, they usually max out right about 30, 35 pounds. So if you get much older than that, which is generally the age of, you know, a child who potty trains, <clears throat> yeah, then you, you run up against the question of, well, now what, <laughs> you know? They, yeah. they do make disposable diapers for older children and adults, but if you want to go cloth, you know, there's the question of, well, what's next? What what do I do? <laughs> well, and like, what do you do while still being easy and accessible? Because right now, you're mm -hmm. using those those Nikki's pull up trainers. I've got a couple of those in my stash, mm -hmm. and they're they're pretty easy to use with a larger child. Um, and mm -hmm. a lot of the bigger options in the market go into pockets and covers. And do you feel like that would be uh, more of a challenge for you in getting that accessibility? Compared to well, I think that, uh, you know, there are some larger options now in the pockets. Um, yeah. Um, that I, you know, I've done a little bit of research in those. So we've got, you know, the Bum Genius, big and bigger, the Imagine Extra Large. Um, I think the the bigger Best Bottom, the Thirsty's Dual Wrap yeah. now has a size three. Um, with, the, with the pockets, it's possible. Then you run into absorbency too. What are you going to use to to be more absorbent? Because with an older child, they're going to pee more. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the question too. Because I was looking. Um, there's a Thirsty's dual wrap cover, and I'm like, okay, well, I could do that. Except, what would I use for the inside? You know. Yeah, like that would be big enough. It's like it's a little bit of a double whammy because you're also you're not just looking for enough absorbency, but you're also kind of looking for something that's going to fill that whole shape for a larger child. <laughs> exactly, um, and that can be a little bit of a challenge in itself too, without like getting super duper creative. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And is that what you're kind of expecting to be your next big challenge on whether or not you continue on with cloth diapering? as he grows with, with him and, and schooling too. Yeah. Um, 
of course, in New York State, um, we're looking at August 1st, it'll be announced whether schools will be open for the fall. If they're open for the fall, then there's the probability of him being indisposable for class time. Yeah. But if he's not, well, then he's home, and I would be more apt to go closer to cloth full time. Um, I mean, it just makes sense budget wise, and it's good for the environment, and you know all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> their skin, and it's just oh, yeah. you already got one in diapers. It, you know, yeah, it lets him, you know, feel that he he's wet too, yeah. so that helps with potty training. I know a lot of the things I look at in terms of, you know, um, when I'm looking at different options, there are like six different things. I actually made a list. I'm organized. What okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, uh, you know what? Let's hear. So you've got six different things that like you're looking for mm-hmm. in a diaper for an older yep. child. Mm-hmm. Well, the first is fit, of course. It's got to have a higher weight range to it. Um, so 40 or 45 plus at that point. So question here about fit before we jump on to the yep. next thing. Do you find like that in your experience that they bring an older child that it's not just a matter of making the diaper bigger? Um, I guess what I'm trying to guess, I know that as a plus size woman, if I go into a store, mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I forget that I got body fat in different parts of my body <laughs> yeah. size girls and that they need to mm-hmm. cut the clothes a little different besides just growing them up three sizes. Do you, is that an experience in, um, diapering larger children? Um, for my particular child, no, he, he right. tends to be on the slender side. He runs, he looks like his dad. He's got his dad's body. And I guess yeah. that's always going to be it, right? Like one person's yeah. experience could vary. Oh, yeah, and I was just kind of wondering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my husband and my son are the ones who can eat a pizza and not gain an ounce, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that means it's a good thing, though. You get a little bit more time in those 45-pound max diapers. So. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but fit and weight range, of course. Um, yeah. Second, absorbency, because oh, yeah. you are looking at older child. So, you know, your, your regular flat that I could fold and get away with with my one-year-old is not going to remotely be enough for my five-year-old. Do you know how much absorbency you typically need right now? Like what, well, you're using more than a flat, you're using two flats? For for Charlie, uh, right now we're just using the Nikki's. So oh, yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, the overnights yeah. do well for him as well as the, the trainers, so they seem to to help. But he's just getting to the end of the weight range on those. So. Yeah, I was like, I don't actually know the absorbency of those off the hand. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. Um, another one is must be easy to wash and dry because you don't want to get poop stuck in crevices and yeah. <laughs> So, no, right? So yeah. do you find, are you finding that Nikki's overnight easy to wash and dry, like poop-wise? I was a little worrisome of that pocket. pooped in one of them, thank goodness. Oh. <laughs> I'm very grateful. Well, not that um, what. trainers, yes, he has, and, and it can be a little much. Uh, I, I'm concerned with all those layers for the overnight, but yeah, that might be a little interesting. <laughs> I um, really get your hands dirty and you wash them, so. Oh, yeah. Um, but but drying is a thing too because uh, we don't always use the dryer, which we, means we hang dry. So something that takes three days to dry is not my favorite product. No. <laughs> um, must be budget friendly. Yeah. So if it's uh, $30, I'm wincing. Um, if it's less than that, good. Um, 
Yeah. Because, uh, you know, just, well, kids are expensive. Autism is really expensive. Yeah. And if you have a child on a spectrum, um, I read that there's an average of about uh, 60,000 extra expenses per year um, oh, wow. for autistic child. When you consider in all of the extra therapies like music, occupational, speech, you know, yeah. OTPT, that sort of thing, plus medical equipment um, as well. Um, diapers are part of that. So, <laughs> um, so uh, with anything, a budget is always a good idea. Um, and then, of course, must be easy to pull up and pull down, you know, general use. I don't want to be there forever snapping, especially when someone's in a giggly mood. And, yeah, and that's what's, mm-hmm. that's what's really got me thinking is, like, I think about all of these brands that have gone to a bigger size. We've already mentioned a few names, right? Like, mm-hmm. Bum Genius, we've thought about uh, Apple Cheeks as a size 3-4, your best bottoms mm-hmm. are the bigger size, Thirsties, Nerdy Mamas. Um, but they're all still, they're all pocket diapers where you still kind of got to do a lay down and Mm-hmm. Um, put them on. I know that I chatted with Snap Easy, which is a, a maker mm-hmm. in the Seattle area, and she does the snap-ons. And her clients don't really have a problem, but when you're a full adult, it might be easier to put up with some of that mm-hmm. than, uh, yeah, a giggly five-year-old. <laughs> um, and thinking about how we design products to meet the actual need of a giggly five-year-old is an interesting. Mm-hmm. And then finally, and, and, you know, this is more my son than me, but, you know, my five-year-old doesn't want to be a baby. So yeah. the pull up and pull down is, is good because he sees his sister lay down and have a flip diaper put on. And, well, you know, I, I'm not sure. I haven't recently tried to put one on him, and I'm not quite sure the look I would get if I did. <laughs> yeah, like he might, he might be a little bit slower cognitively or developmentally, but he's also very aware, right? Like mm-hmm. very aware that what differentiates a baby from being a big kid. Yeah, and actually, with Charlie being Charlie, um, he is um, well. Um, with people on the autism spectrum, there are about forty-four uh, percent actually who are at or above average intelligence. Oh, yes, so, okay, that was a mistake. Yeah, so yes. he's one yeah. of the ones who he he's up there. I mean, he taught himself to read it too. So you know, he, he's a smart little cookie, and, and yeah. he's definitely not going to put up with. <laughs> yeah, definitely aware of what's going on around him, right? Like, yeah, mm, yeah, yep. You know, I I love you know. My background isn't special education anyway, um, and working with my son has been really wonderful because I get to see, you know, the autism spectrum disorder, but I really get a feel for how it is a spectrum and, you know, how children can range all across in terms of um, what exactly the effects are and the severity of its effects. You know, you can have Charlie who can't speak a word to save his life, but oh my goodness, she's bright as anything so <laughs> he's definitely not in the butt sometimes too <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so those are some those are some really great ideas about what um is needed in a diaper do you mm-hmm. also have any struggles with washing a five-year-old's diaper compared to a one-year-old diaper to your daughter hmm. like do, do you find that older p older kid p is harder to clean out or is that kind of like maybe a myth. No, I, I think that there might be something to that. Actually, it does seem to stay in there more. Like I may have to wash something a couple of times, but the smell just seems to 
sit there. Do you have any tips or tricks for anybody listening who might uh, be struggling with their five-year-old's wash routine? I know this is like overnight pee is such a huge concern once we get into that, especially that three, four, Mm five-year-olds who are still bedwetting, right? Right. So um, with overnight, I always immediately rinse out as soon as it's changed. Um, And that's one-year-old and five-year-old. doesn't matter. It immediately gets rinsed because you just don't want it sitting there with all that ammonia and whatnot. So rinsed out in the morning and soak, nice long soak period um, before you start your your wash routine. Now with the overnights, I might have a bit of vinegar and I know that's one of those eye raising things that, you know, some people really don't like vinegar in their wash routine. I haven't had an issue so far. So it's been like the trend of 2020, Elizabeth. <laughs> I think you're probably my fifth guest this year who has said, you know what, vinegar has kind of been life-saving. Um, yeah, and it's definitely got to weigh your risks and benefits and think, oh, what is it going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, is it really going to affect my machine or is it really worth it for my diapers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are coming to that second yeah. conclusion this year. So for me, it, it seems to help. I haven't had anything bad happen yet. If it does... I'll email and let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think one conversation that I had with a guest, we were like, the acidity of household vinegar is not drastic. And if you're adding it, maybe Mm -hmm. it should all be washing out pretty well and not Mm -hmm. lingering in places it shouldn't, unless you're um, pouring it. Not rinsing well. 30% Mm -hmm. vinegar straight into the machine without anything else. Yeah, check your manual, talk to your consultant make a decision that works for you. Um, and this has been a trend that it really seems to help kick out that extra little, little something. And it's a great tool. Like when we were doing the Foss and hand washing challenge, like vinegar is a great tool that people do mm-hmm. when we do that as well. Vinegar um, and sunning too. Sunning seems yeah. to help oh, as well. I forget about sunning all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. The uh, power of the sun has <laughs> to work. That fresh air. <laughs> has there been anything that you've um, has surprised you about cloth diapering into five year olds with on the autism spectrum that has been easy? It, it's been uh, just a learning experience because when you know I didn't even think about it really um, until he was about three or four and potty training wasn't quite going as well as, you know, I had expected of, well, a neurotypical child. And I know that has a lot to do with the fact that with autism spectrum disorder, there's very often, well, there, there is, it's part of the disorder, an, an issue with communication. You know, so he has difficulty communicating when he has to go, when he has gone, that sort of thing. Um, so it's been a learning experience with that, but it's also been a learning experience in terms of what's out there. Because when he was three, I was still thinking, oh, pull-ups and we're good. You know, Nikki's trainers and we're good. And then it got to, all right, well, what happens when he gets older, you know? Um, and what do people use when, when they get older? What do young adults use? What do full-grown adults use? And I honestly didn't know because I'm, I'm used to working with, yeah, special needs children in school, but that usually doesn't involve diapering, so... Yeah, and it's um, it's not like it's just you don't yeah I mean, nobody you don't prepare yourself in the cloth diaper journey by thinking what am I going to need when he turns five like that's just not a yeah conversation we yeah, have preemptively think of, you think in terms of potty training yeah, and yeah. such like that and your brain just doesn't think that all right I have you know 
and a chance of, of having a child on the spectrum or whatnot, because, you know, you don't generally think that when you've got a cute, cuddly newborn. And, no, of course <laughs> you know? not. So what would be that biggest piece of advice that you might give a parent who is staring down their four, five-year-old on the spectrum or with some sort of physical disability that they are not going to be potty training soon, um, but they do want to continue cloth diapering? What is, well, how would you work support them in that conversation? I'd just say, you know, uh, be open and do your research and see what works for you. Because just like, you know, any disability or any child on the spectrum is going to be different, you know, each child is going to have different needs in terms of what they must have um, for a diaper. You know, some person may need more absorbency. Other people, you know, that grown-up boy look is more important. Yeah. Um, I know one of the things I'm looking for recently has been, okay, what are the inserts that I'm going to use inserts? What are they made out of? Is it microfiber? Is it, you know, hemp, bamboo? Um, because with autism too, there is very often sometimes um, some sort of uh, skin sensitivity. Yeah. So, you know, paying attention to natural fibers um, is important too. So really, I think just be open to trying different things and and finding your own way because just like anything in cloth diapering you know everyone is going to swear up and down that this works you know yeah, and it might not <laughs> you know yeah you know one person is going to swear by another brand and the next person is that's not going to work at all for their kid you know it's... and you're definitely going to experience that when you're <laughs> outside of the neurotypical right like we've got oh, now yeah. you've got even more things to influence and to play. think about yes. yeah mm -hmm. did you ever find any like really great spaces or support systems to talk about cloth diapering with special needs or bigger kids i've seen this question in the cloth diaper facebook groups lately and i thought i would throw it at you because I know you had dropped into my emails. I haven't yet. Um, okay. I haven't really looked a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, I've been pretty busy with yeah, with yeah. class and Zoom and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, uh, you know, teaching my child. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as is the pandemic world. Yeah, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to go online and and you know find those groups, but there's something I'm interested in doing definitely and you know finding you, that support do you find that you get any um do you get any criticism from the support circles maybe that you are in irl real life that that are aware of what you're doing or other local parents i guess maybe is there is there any criticism there i guess that maybe a parent needs to be aware of and be strong about so that's not even a sentence. Yeah, I don't think necessarily I've had uh, criticism, at least that's been spoken. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's know. the best kind, though. I don't want to hear it. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe to, not. Yeah. <laughs> you have to think that everyone parents differently, too. So there's always mm -hmm. going to be the person who kind of side-eyes you and is like, mm, really? And I'm sure because I have a five-year-old who is technically still in diapers, there are people who look at me and think, huh, what is yeah. she doing? That kid's not potty trained yet. You know, but at the same time, those who understand autism spectrum are going to nod and say, okay, so she's still working on it, yeah. but they'll get there, you know? And I think I have a great support team in my son's teachers and his therapists and things like that. And there are people we socialize quite a bit with, <laughs> um, especially with COVID. So we know we have their support. 
Mm -hmm. You know, um, let's see, other than that, like church and things like that. If so, they don't mention it. And I think that the more they know my son, the more they understand that, you know, he, he goes to the beat of his own drum and yes, he'll get there, you know, but at least I certainly hope with the, (laughs) with the potty training that he'll get there. Um, but when he does, it'll be on his own timetable and that's how he's been all his life, you know? So, yeah. And and there's just that space, Mm -hmm. space there really for that. Um, so I had a quote, I had posted about, we were going to have this chat on Facebook, um, and Nicole E, she sounds like she's actually another special needs or, uh, spectrum parent. Uh, she said the question she gets asked a lot, and maybe you know the, maybe you have an experience with this to share. Maybe you don't, which is fine is, um, does insurance cover cloth diapering for you for children or, and, or adults, I guess, is there some sort of insurance support? For you? I have never asked them about cloth diapering. I do know that they will cover disposable. Okay. It would be nice if they covered cloth. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying I to think. I'm thinking with Snap Easy, she had some also. Um, if anybody's listening, like I had a conversation with Snap Easy who makes adult size diapers mm-hmm. a couple of years ago now. And I think she does talk about this as well. So if you're looking for that, check out that show. But you're saying disposables for sure, but you haven't asked about cloth. Right. Yeah. I have a, a dear friend of mine who her son has special needs, not autism, but special needs, um, and does use the disposable or did until just recently. He he figured out potty training. Yay. Yay. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Um, but he did use um, disposable diapers and they did, you know, go through insurance to do that. And I think that was just going to be a longer term thing. Oh, yeah, that would be exciting. I think that's probably one of those questions where it's just really going to be super individual. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can understand, though, why a parent would get it lofted at them a lot. Right. But you will just have to do that legwork. And is that do you find I don't know where I'm going with this question, but um, more like a general mama question. And like, how do you handle that mental load of doing all that legwork to find out what you can and can't do like how do you take care of yourself I guess in terms of the legwork of finding out what I can and can't do um a lot of it's communication with teachers and therapists and I feel that you know we have a great team and we just communicate back and forth pretty much all day long different things (laughs) um and I I don't feel bad about asking a question to them I I never really have um Insurance is more of a pain in the butt. (laughs) Um, But I also happen to uh, work with, you know, uh, person-centered services, um, which, you know, we we have a great support person who helps us find uh, answers to questions like that. Okay. Um, Who, you know, I can text her and say, hey, can can I do such and such? Like um, the other week we had a question about uh, alarms on doors. Um, my son likes to elope. So it's like, can I, can I do that? Or where, where would I find this? And what's the best one? And she could come back with an answer. So it's, it's pretty neat to, to have that support system too. Yes. Okay. That sounds like, um, sometimes I feel alone in this big, bad world of motherhood is just about Mm -hmm. making sure you have people you can reach out to. Especially with, um, special needs, uh, 
you know, it's it can be a, a difficult world because it's a whole a whole different ball game <laughs> than yeah. what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find different support online um, uh, through Baby Center. There's a good one for autism moms as well. Um, I'm sure there are on Facebook as well. And yeah. then there are different local resources too for um, autism parents. Um, we also happen to have a group um, who works on assistive technology because my son uses a dedicated speech device. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a, a great bunch of parents who get together and who talk about not just the assistive technology, but life in general. And it's been very, very helpful, you know. Yeah. Maybe I didn't know where I was going with that. I just suddenly was feeling very overwhelmed uh, as a regular mama listening to all of these, these thoughts that go on and on. And um, yeah. It can can be overwhelming. It's also really rewarding too, Mm -hmm. um, to see, you know, the growth in my child from, you know, one thing to another. Um, and I'm just super, super proud of him. Yeah, it can be frustrating, but then I look at all the the things that he couldn't do two years ago and, you know, how amazing it is. He's had so much growth and, oh my goodness, he's going to kindergarten. Well, you know, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows what anyone is doing, but, you know, uh, I can't believe he's this big already and it's just, you know... Yeah, he's doing uh, this at five. What's he gonna do at twenty? Oh my goodness! You know, <laughs> my uh, my oldest is about to go into kindergarten. Maybe, yeah, this year too. Yeah, really. Yeah, um, he's he's fifty five pounds, so he is a big guy. It's mm-hmm. so crazy how they grow. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else that maybe we forgot to talk about? <laughs> I've kind of ran through all of my questions, but that was pretty much it. Um, you know, just encouragement for the parent yeah. who is who is finding them themselves in a situation where, you know, maybe those those typical diapers aren't going to work anymore. Just uh, do your research and know that, you know, companies seem to be waking up a good bit um, oh. and that there are there are some some nice diapers out there that are, you know, increasing their their size range you know like we talked about the bum genius now has big and bigger and that bigger goes up to 120 pounds so yeah you know um imagine goes up to 70 um bigger best bottom i think that goes to 45 plus and thirsties to 60 so there there are things out there to help you i mean with with the autism spectrum disorder it's you know i think it's one in 38 boys now uh, one 144 girls will be um, diagnosed with autism so you know there are quite a there is quite a few in the the numbers and realizing that you know it, it is a situation that more than just one person is going to go through so yeah and it sounds like the only world and don't give up <laughs> you yeah. can find something just keep going and and keep trying and you never know what you're going to uh find it'll work for you <laughs> yeah and 
it's not just um, it's not just going to be parents with neurodiverse or autism to struggle with us bigger diapering. I definitely a couple shows back we had Julie on and she had a kid who just hit like fifty pounds two at three and yeah it was the whole whirlwind of having to find new diapers and that could definitely feel very overwhelming. Um, and listening to your conversation today, it sounds like maybe diaper brands need to be doing more in that that pull up conversation, which I know is a big yes. struggle for brands. I've talked with a few mm-hmm. brands about it. They're not entirely sure where to go they get the expense when they go that way um Mm -hmm. but that might be a conversation that needs to be had about how to make sure that these bigger diapers are not just fitting children but uh meet the needs of the actual Mm -hmm. child easy to pull up and pull down hopefully yeah yeah Especially as you no, said about like your grown-up underwear. <laughs> yeah, about your child saying it needs to kind of feel like grown-up underwear, even though they're still wetting the bed. Um, I can yeah. I can see how that might be a challenge. Oh yeah, because he doesn't want to be a baby. You know, no. he's, a, he's a big boy in many many ways, and I think making him feel like a baby would just prolong it more. You know, you you want him to feel like a big kid. You know, the whole I'm a big kid now. But right, like we we <laughs> drill that all into them, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think I know a few other people and now I'm really curious to chat with who I know who are cloth diapering five-year-olds and I've seen them post similar things on Instagram um such a good and thoughtful that's my that's my like biggest insight today is like oh maybe we're we're kind of approaching this the wrong way without really talking to you guys about what we need well thank you so much Elizabeth for taking this half hour out of your day today to join me all right so that was my conversation with Elizabeth sharing her cloth diaper journey and story about where she's at the challenges she sees coming forward and and a little bit of more thoughts and insights to start this conversation. I know this conversation of special needs cloth diapering has been pretty common in the Facebook groups and a lot of times the post goes without any comments. There's a lot of parents out there who have kids in that three, four stage that they're realizing are not ready emotionally or physically to potty train and they're staring it down and they don't know what to do next. So we definitely have a lot of space for people to create more resources if they have the energy and the support to create resources around supporting parents in this journey of cloth diapering after three, after four, and onwards into those bigger kid stages of life. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Cloth Diaper Podcast wherever you listen. Leave a review if you enjoy the show. And if you want regular updates about the next podcast, subscribe to my newsletter. I'll also let you know when I'm hosting my birthday giveaway. October is my birthday month, and so I'm super excited, and I will probably plan a big giveaway, which will for sure be sent to you via email. If you go to www.clothdiaperpodcast.com, scroll to the bottom, you can sign up for my email. Don't forget to... um, Um, subscribe. Like you have to go into your email and then you have to hit, yes, I want to be part of the email list. All right, guys, until next time. Bye.